Vayetze Laban the Aramean. The events narrated in this week's Parsha, namely Jacob's flight to Lavan, his stay there and his escape, pursued by his father-in-law, gave rise to the strangest passage in the Haggadah. Commenting on uh, Devarim chapter 26, the passage we expound on the Seder night, you know, Arami Ovedavi, um, it says as follows, Arami Ovedavi, Tseulamad Mabikesh Laban Arami, go and learn what Laban the Aramean sought to do to our father Jacob. For Pharaoh condemned only the boys to death, but Laban sought to uproot everything. Well, that's a key text in the Haggadah on the Seder night, but there are three problems with it. First of all, it understands the words Aramio Vedavid to mean Laban an Aramean tried to destroy my father. But it can't be the plain sense of the verse, because as Ibn Ezra points out, Oved is an intransitive verb. It can't take an object. It means something like lost, wandering, fugitive, poor, homeless, or on the brink of perishing. So the phrase means something like, my father was a wandering Aramean. And the father referred to is either Jacob, that's how Ibn Ezra and Sforno read it, or Abraham, that's how Rashbam reads it, or all the patriarchs, that's how Shadal Lutzata reads it. As for the word Aram, Arami, this was the region from which Abraham set out to travel to Canaan, and to which Jacob fled to escape the anger of Esau. The general sense of the phrase is that the patriarchs had no land, no permanent home, they were vulnerable, they were wandering Arameans, they were nomads. As for Laban, he doesn't appear in the verse at all, except by a very forced reading. Secondly, there's no evidence that Laban the Aramean actually harmed Jacob, to the contrary. As he was pursuing Jacob, but before he caught up with him, it's written, God appeared to Lavan the Aramean in a dream by night and said to him, Beware of attempting anything with Jacob, good or bad. Lavan himself said to Jacob, I had it in my power to do you harm, but the God of your father said to me last night, Beware of attempting anything with Jacob, good or bad. So Lavan did nothing to Jacob and his family. He may have wanted to, but in the end he didn't. Pharaoh, by contrast, didn't merely contemplate doing evil to the Israelites. He actually did so, killing every male child and enslaving the entire population. Third, and most fundamental, the Seder night is dedicated to telling the story of the Exodus. We're charged to remember it, engrave it on the hearts of our children. And kol the more you tell of the going out of Egypt, the more admirable it is. So why diminish the miracle by saying, in effect, Egypt, that was nothing compared to Lavan? All this is very strange indeed. Let me suggest an explanation. We have here a phrase with two quite different meanings depending on the context in which we read it. Originally, the text of Arameo Vedavi had nothing to do with Pesach. It appears in the Torah as the text of the declaration to be said on bringing firstfruits to the temple, which normally happened on Shavuot. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was an outwandering Aramean and he went down to Egypt. And then the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, O Lord, have given me. In the context of first fruits, the literal translation, my father was a wandering Aramean, makes eminent sense. The text is contrasting the past 
when the patriarchs were nomads, forced to wander from place to place, with the present when, thanks to God, the Israelites had a land of their own. The contrast is between homelessness and home. But that's specifically when we speak about first fruits, the produce of the land. At some stage, however, the passage was placed in another context, namely Pesach, the Seder, and the story of the Exodus. The Mishnah specifies that it be read and expounded on Seder night. Almost certainly the reason is that the same rare verb, lahagid, from which the word Haggadah is derived, occurs both in connection with the telling of the story of Pesach, and making the first fruits declaration, Higadati. This created a significant problem. You see, the passage does indeed go deal with going down to Egypt, being persecuted there and being brought out by God. But what is the connection between my father was a wandering Aramean and the Exodus? The patriarchs and matriarchs lived a nomadic life, but that wasn't the reason when they went down to Egypt. They did so because there was a famine in the land and because Joseph was viceroy. It had nothing to do with wandering. The sages, however, understood something deep about the narratives of the patriarchs and matriarchs. They formulated the principle that ma'ase avot siman labanim, what happened to the fathers, was a sign for the children. They saw that certain passages in Genesis could only be understood as a forerunner, a prefiguration of later events. The classic example occurs in Genesis 12, when almost immediately after arriving in the land of Canaan, Abraham and Sarah are forced into exile in Egypt. Abraham's life was at risk. Sarah was taken into Pharaoh's harem. Then God struck Pharaoh's household with plagues, and Pharaoh sent them away. The parallels between this and the story of the Exodus are obvious. Something similar happened to Abraham and Sarah later on in Gerar, as it did also in Gerar to Isaac and Rebekah. But did Jacob undergo his own prefiguration of the Exodus? He did, late in life, go down to Egypt with his family. But this wasn't in anticipation of the Exodus. It was the Exodus itself. Earlier in our Parsha, he had gone into exile, but this wasn't because of famine. It was out of fear for Esau. Nor was it to a land of strangers. He was traveling to his mother's own family. Jacob seems to be the only one of the patriarchs not to live out in advance the experience of exile and exodus. The sages, however, realized otherwise. Living with Lavan, he had lost his freedom. He had become, in effect, his father-in-law's slave. Eventually he had to escape without letting Lavan know he was going. He knew that if he could, Lavan would keep him in his household as a kind of prisoner. In this respect, Jacob's experience was closer to the Exodus than that of Abraham or Isaac, because no one stopped Abraham or Isaac from leaving, no one pursued after them, and no one treated them badly. It was Jacob's experience in the house of Lavan that was the sharpest prefiguration of the Exodus. What happened to the fathers was a sign for the children. But where does Lavan come into the phrase, Arami Oved Avi, a wandering Aramean was my father? Answer? Only Lavan and Lavan's father, Betuel, are called Arami or Ha'arami in the whole Torah. Therefore, Arami means Laban. How do we know that he sought to do Jacob harm? 
because God appeared to him at night and said, Beware of attempting anything with Jacob, good or bad. God would not have warned Laban against doing anything to Jacob had Laban not intended to do so. God doesn't warn us against doing something we were not about to do anyway. Besides which, the next day, Laban said to Yaakov, I have it in my power to do you harm. That was a threat. How can we read this into the verse? Because the root avad, which means lost or wandering, might also in the PL or Hifil tense mean to destroy. Of course, Lavan did not destroy my father or anyone else, but that was because of divine intervention. Hence, the phrase could be taken to mean Lavan, the Aramean, tried to destroy my father. That is how Rashi understands it. What then are we to make of the phrase, Pharaoh condemned only the boys to death, but Laban sought to uproot everything? The answer isn't that Laban sought to kill all the members of Jacob's family, quite the opposite. He said to Jacob, the women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. Jacob had worked for some 20 years to earn his family and flocks, yet Lavan still claimed they were his own. Had God not intervened, he would have kept Jacob's entire family as prisoners. That is how he sought to uproot everything, by denying them all the chance to go free. This interpretation of Arami or Vedovi is not the plain sense. But the plain sense related this passage to bringing first fruits. It was the genius of the sages to give it an interpretation that connected it with Pesach and the Exodus. And though it gives a far-fetched reading of the phrase, it does give a compelling interpretation to the entire narrative of Jacob in Lavan's house. It tells us that the third of the patriarchs whose descent to Egypt would actually begin the story of the Exodus had himself undergone an Exodus experience in his youth. Maaseavot siman labanim. The act of the fathers are assigned to their children. That tells us that what's happening now has happened before. That doesn't mean that danger is to be treated lightly, but it does mean we should never despair. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and their wives experienced exile and exodus, as if to say to their descendants, this is not unknown territory. God was with us then, he will be with you now. I believe we can face the future without fear because we have been here before and because we are not alone. Shabbat Shalom.